Thanks for listening to Tights and Fights. If you're listening on your smartphone, head to your podcast store and leave us a five-star review, like Jeff Solomon did. He says after listening to how fun we sound, he'd love to go catch a pay-per-view or indie show with us. So be like Jeff. Hit those fives! Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Al and there's Daniel and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and You can tell us what to say. I can't do it anymore. Thanks for listening to Tyson Fights. The show that discusses wrestling with a sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the big Halbowski, Hal Lublin. Oh, wow. The big Halbowski. Hello, listeners. I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the woman who's on glow time all the time, Danielle Radford. Oh, hello! And the man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet and too sour, Mike Eagle. That's right. Extra sour today. (laughs) Oh, extra sour! I can't wait. European tour got you sour. I wish I was... I feel like you have music coming through your headphones the way your head is moving right now. Once you said, uh, hello listeners, that that sexy-ass saxophone from Val Venus' music... Doing? Do we know? He's on the independence. His head is okay. shaved. Okay, he I know he trains. Sean Morley. Sean Morley. He runs a pot dispensary out of Arizona. I That's thought. what I uh, thought he was. Yeah, uh, he. I think he sells the. Which good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I assume all wrestlers know how to sell pot. So just get a go. store. You can just have a store where you do the thing you're good at. That's the, look. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Hello, potheads. <laughs> The big Valbosi's gonna keep you high all night long. <laughs> he sounds like a relative of the. <laughs> They're all the same family. He does when you do it. Gruff voiced people. I can't help but that all my voices also sound like me. <laughs> That's just who I am. It's within me. Coming up on this week's show: International Tag Team Turmoil, Return of the Roman, The Sounds of a King. And a lot more. But first, Raw this week was focused on Miz and focused, come on, on Miz and Dean Ambrose as the temporary <laughs> co-GMs of the show via phone messages. Mm-hmm. They were both on the phone. That's a scintillating television. This isn't a new rivalry, <laughs> but are the two of them keeping it entertaining? I don't know, man. They they killed they the two of them, that segment, that segment. Murdered Raw for me. Like yeah. the whole three hours murdered yeah. once I realized, oh, this is supposed to be the most exciting part. And <laughs> it's fucking Ambrose and Miz, like GMs via text message or some shit. I don't know. I couldn't, uh, I, it hurt me. It just, the, the not overness of everyone involved. And it, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, Miz is doing his thing though, but I just, he needs somebody else to work with, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I've said I'm. I don't like Wacky Dean. Yeah. Wacky Dean is my least favorite of Deans, and so when they have him do something like that, they like turn on the wackiness, and it's like I don't. Did we really need the beat about how whether or not he has taken a shower today? Like I don't know that I necessarily needed that. Right. I mean, obviously the Miz is the Miz, so the Miz is gonna work with whatever the Miz has. Like the Miz is gonna be great, and Dean's also doing the best with what he has. I just don't know that I liked what they were given very much. Yep, I, and I I agree with that because my favorite Dean Ambrose the last six months was when he was talking shit to John Cena because you could yes. tell it was shit that he actually believed a yes. little bit. Yeah, and whatever the difference in the writing teams are, we're not getting any of that like. What are your real feelings of antagonism about this person? We're getting like Bugs Bunny shit, and I don't like Bugs Bunny shit. Uh, well, let's talk about a rivalry that is working because one of Dean's first acts as manager was to make a one-armed Braun Strowman wrestle Callisto, which was really about the Roman Reigns feud because the match never really got started, and Roman broke in to make his long-awaited return. Uh, does this feel like he came back too quickly? Did, should they have kept him off of TV longer to sell the injuries? I, I don't mind it because they he they, it did seem like both of them were working injured and trying, but but still like 
I like the idea that like I want to kill you so much I got on a plane to England. <laughs> 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 you just sat there for nine hours stewing, yeah. breathing hard. Yep. Standby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> When's the next flight in? Well, we're just waiting for a couple more people, and you know you're on the next ones. If we can get you in, can I upgrade? Maybe. Maybe you can upgrade. Mr. Can I use Rains? miles? <laughs> So it didn't bug me. I, I find the Strowman and Callisto thing interesting on its own. But at the same time, you know, I bitch so much about how I miss when people had rivalries with more than one person. I like that they're switching it up and that it's some days it's Braun and Callisto and some days it's and we all know that Braun and Roman is the money one, but I like that they're mixing it up so it's not just Braun and Roman, Braun and Roman, Braun and Roman. Uh, it keeps it from getting too stale for me. Well, they can they can build Callisto at the yep. same time because yep. he's probably the next guy to challenge the Miz, maybe. Maybe because he's showing that he that he won't quit. M- Mike, is this the best feud that WWE has going right now? Ugh, I don't think so. I feel like almost every feud on SmackDown is more interesting than this to me. Really? Um, yeah. And but you know it it all goes back to how I feel about Roman and what his position is, and yeah. and I'm just you know when he, I'm I'm just not enthused. I don't. I have no interest in seeing this feud continue. Like the matches will be cool, I'm sure, but it just as long as they're still going in this direction, I don't really care. Like, and to me, it's it's having a negative effect on Kalisto because then it's putting Braun in this position where whenever he does something to Roman, he's a face. Whenever he does something to Kalisto, he's a heel. Like, and it's all happening all together, and all, it's all confusing and weird to me. And I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. Just like it's like someone put like a pickle in your peanut butter sandwich, and you're like, "Why is that pickle there?" <laughs> and and I didn't even order a peanut butter sandwich. So, no. Yeah. So all of this is it's all wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many levels of I don't want this. You were waiting you know? for a menu the whole time. Yes. <laughs> like, where did this come from? Oh, it's a free appetizer, but I didn't. Why would you just give out peanut butter and pickle sandwiches as an appetizer? What restaurant is this? I'll bet you it went the way of that DX singer. <laughs> yeah. Gone. Gone. Wow. Howl's on a spree. Sorry. I R.I.P. guy. You're very talented and I enjoyed a lot of your music. We'll talk about that later. What? What? But for now, <laughs> let's shift to <laughs> Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe, who wrestled once again. And this time, Joe got himself intentionally disqualified. Danielle, does this make Joe look like fierce or does it make him look foolish? It's... It, it, it... Joe isn't the guy that gets disqualified. Like, that's not who he is. He's not the guy who tries to get disqualified. He's, like, the guy who beats the living shit out of you. Like, that's what Joe's character is, and that's why we love him, is because he's, like, big and fast and fierce. And so I don't know that I I necessarily like the idea of, like... Yeah. I feel like they brought him in with a lot of promise, mm-hmm. and at this point, he's just another bad guy that loses a lot. And WWE is a babyface territory, which means no matter how they they try, the bad guys always lose in the end. So, Mike, do you are you do you wish that Joe was on SmackDown? I wish that Joe was in a feud with somebody different. Mm. Who would you put him with? The the way that he got brought in, I think that he should have been programmed with somebody who he could beat decisively over a couple of months. I know mm. they tried to rush that with the Sammy stuff, so they kind of had they kind of did he kill him like two weeks in a row or something like that. Right. But they needed to have him in a program where he could have like one definitive pay per view match where they built somebody up for yep. him to go over because they put him in there with Seth Rollins, who's a babyface, who's also still a work in progress. So I feel like it's kind of stalling them both out a little bit. And is also injured, so he can't, like, constantly injured. Yeah. So, like, you get afraid to throw him around, you know? And, and, and Samoa yeah. Joe's entire playbook is, you know, hurling his gigantic body at people very yes. quickly in ways that will probably hurt them. I mean, I just don't think this is a very good solid feud for either of them. I feel like it's kind of... It's it's taking some steam off of Samoa Joe and it's kind of making Seth Rollins look a little weak and at a time when he should be kind of looking strong. Yeah, I mean, he came in as Triple H a second, so this is sort of like a left... It's like they're extending that feud. Right. And it... And he already beat Triple H, so yeah. why is he run, going back down yeah, to his toady now? Yeah, that, like, that's not how video games work. Yeah, like you don't exactly. you don't beat Shao Kahn, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you got to go back and fight Sub Zero again. It's right. like no, I beat Shao Kahn. Like I'm done. I think he's Goro. In this <laughs> or Goro, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Goro you don't or Mutaro. Like yeah. you don't go back and you're like, oh well, now I got to fight the cat dude again. <laughs> like no, the cat dude is over. Yeah. You, you hit cat dude. He's done now. Womp 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 womp. I just. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, who do I can't do it. From bitter enemies to new best friends, it looks like Nia Jax and Raw Women's Champ Alexa Bliss are going to be paired up for a while going forward. It feels kind of slapdash how they were put together. Oh, I just went through puberty. Did you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I like the pairing. What do you guys think about the latest incarnation of Big Enforcer with smaller, vulnerable champion? Does it work for you, Danielle? It works for me in real life, you guys. <laughs> I follow Instagram. They're friends in real life, like they're buds. Mm-hmm. They're both great heels. I like the idea that, like, even though I don't think she needs an enforcer, Bliss being the talker and then Naya just, like, not talking. I don't know why I don't want her to talk so much. I think part of it is, like, as soon as she starts talking and her mouth starts moving, like, she starts, like, you, you're like, oh, like, it's almost like if she doesn't talk, you forget that she's so beautiful. And then as soon as she starts talking and then, like, maybe her mouth kind of moves into a smile-like shape, you're like, why aren't you selling Crest? Like, you're so, <laughs> like, I know that you're a monster, but I've never, you never see a beast, like a beast of a person who is as attractive as Nia Jax. Like, you never get that. And so she gets to be both. And so I guess I should just, like, ride it out and see how we're going to work it when you get someone who is as good as she is as being a fucking monster with that fucking face. Like, I guess we're just going to see how that works. It feels like part of this partnership, not only does it help elevate Nia Jax and it and it makes it believable that Alexa can hold on to her belt with in a division that has both Bailey and uh, Sasha in it because either of those right. women seem like they should be champion because they're the best wrestlers on the roster. Although Alexa Bliss is a performer, at a level with them. She doesn't know how to wrestle as well, but she's getting better. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, they're sort of building this up. It feels like the, the end game is Alexa turns on Naya. Naya becomes the champ as a baby face. Mm. D- would that work for you, Mike? Yeah, because I'm getting, like, as soon as I saw them paired up in that backstage segment, my immediate thought was, oh, this is Shawn Michaels and Diesel. This is mm-hmm. this is perfect, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But that's how that goes, right? Eventually, the, the big heater uh, ends up being a sympathetic figure. Yes, and then put her everywhere. Put her on every single program. Yes. Forever. Including Total Divas. Total no! Bellas. Put her on every program. I love Total Divas to and Total table. Bellas, but let's leave, let's leave my Naya out of it. <laughs> Can we please? She'll be in other people's 24s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's keep talking about the women, though. Uh, we've talked about the new stable of the welcoming committee with Tamina, Natty, and Carmella. But what do you guys think of Ellsworth as the team's hype man? I love. I. I let me. I'll give you my opinion, mm-hmm. which is I really like Ellsworth as a heel, as a really obnoxious heel, because people don't like it. like that. That face is either pure sympathy or just pure annoyance, and he's able to work a crowd extremely well. And I think he's really taken to being a heel. And this is the most natural place for him because he doesn't – it makes sense that he would be sucking up to woman. Right. And I like the swap of like, you know, there used to be that old school thing of like a bunch of dudes and like a lady who would come out and be small and be like, bah, 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 I'm the lady. And everyone would be like, shut up. You're irritating. We hate you. Boo. And so to have that swap of like this trio of badass ladies and have a dude who's like, I'm irritating, blah, 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 blah. And then everybody wanting to like beat him up. It's kind of a nice swap. It, it, it's I enjoy watching it. And I didn't, at first I was like, I don't know that we need him. Um, But I do, there is a reason why that works. Like the idea of a bunch of badasses and then like a smaller, (laughs) who in any, then like a smaller person to be yippy. So I like that he gets to be the yippy one on a team of like women. Yes. What do you think, Mike? Uh, I I really love that position for him too. uh, As, as, Sympathetic and and over as he was the babyface his quick run and then he kind of got stale. Um, I think putting him in that heel position, like you said, his face is very punchable. Um, <laughs> and and, it, and you put him, you know, and you put him in those clothes where he looks like a wigger and shit. Like it's, yes. it's, yeah. it works yes. without him saying anything. Tim just standing there looking like that. It's like automatic booze, and I think that's fantastic. <laughs> and I think especially with his. Um, proximity to Carmella and the way that their storyline works ultimately ends up with him being sympathetic again, which yes. I think works great. But I just need them to get like matching jackets or something, man. They gotta, they gotta get <laughs> yeah. a look together. They yeah. gotta get a look together. If you're a stable, it's time Should to have a look. Yeah, let's get something together. 
Speaking about unified looks this week, former Wyatt family members Eric Rowan and Luke Harper clash. And, of course, Eric Rowan beat Luke Harper what? after the weirdest Tough fucking one. eye rake I've ever seen. Like, that was like he had, a, had like a sixth finger in his palm that he pushed into his eye. Uh, is WWE leaving money on the table by not actually building up these guys into a feud against one another? And really, is it too late to program them against one another? Because Rowan came back for like two weeks and then know, Wyatt man. was gone. I feel like I still remember that they were all in a cult together, right? Like, I feel like I still like I still remember that like Leah Rimini was a Scientologist. So I definitely <laughs> still remember that like these guys. You know, so if like any of the other famous Scientologists suddenly left, I would still be like, I wonder if they have heat with, you know what I mean? Do you think, uh, Mike, that they could be in a successful program that does not involve either one another or Bray Wyatt or mentioning the Wyatt family? No, because, I mean, they are representative of a failed faction, basically. Like, mm. that is who they are. Like, it's true. A lot, of, a lot and, of L's. And I don't know, I don't know how you get around it. Honestly, I think... The best thing for both of them, or at least one of them, would be to be completely repackaged, honestly. And and mm-hmm. in, and, and maybe in some storyline fashion where, like, okay, you had Brad Shaw and Farouk, and then they got repackaged as the Acolytes, and you know what I mean? Like, right. right. And it doesn't have to necessarily make their past disappear, but just something where it completely wipes the slate clean of the Wyatts, because I just don't, I don't think that, I like... When I saw them wrestle last night, I'm like, I don't, I don't care who wins this yeah. match. I don't care. Like yeah. the Wyatt family thing is over, so I don't know. I feel like they need to go somewhere else. Eric Rowan changed a little bit. Now his mask looks oh like uh, somebody, somebody made a mold of the Michael Jackson "Leave Me Alone" video. Leave me alone, stop it. Stop talking me around. Speaking of programs. After their heel turn from last week, Sheamus and Cesaro didn't just become the number one contenders for the Raw tag titles, but they beat almost every team on the show to get there. Is this working for you, Danielle? Do you like them as the heel team? Do you believe that they're dominant? Do you want to see them continue to wrestle the Hardys? Um, yeah, no, this works for me. This super, yeah. this super duper works for me. Sheamus and Cesaro just are dominant anyway. Um, the fact that they're on the same page as a team, and it's not just that they're getting in there and they're like the two biggest dudes in the whatever, or you know, the two biggest together. Because obviously, Cass is like a million feet tall. We all mm-hmm. know that. They talk about it every week. We get it. Um, can't teach that. Uh, you can't teach that. Apparently, it's. Uh, they also work smart as a team. Which I always appreciate. So, yeah, no, I like Seamus and Cesaro as heels. I like to see them against the Hardys. Again, like that idea of maybe they are legend killers, maybe whatever. But I feel like they are the most credible team to go up against the Hardys. Like, who else would you put against them that's in that? I can't think of any other tag. Yeah, that's right. This big cat, this is a club. Mm -hmm. I can't think of anybody. They're the most credible. Yeah. What, What do you do with them, Mike? Give them the titles? Give them a long run? Hmm. I want them to continue that path and give them the titles if it's in service of breaking Matt Hardy's brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, if, they, if that's where they're going with it, I'm all in. Because no one else can break Matt Hardy. Right. Enzo and Cass Wyatt. can't break Matt Hardy. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt can't even keep his two damn cult members from Thank fighting. You. Just the, imagine he loses so spectacularly to Matt Hardy that it breaks his brain. <laughs> it would break my brain if I don't wrestle and if I've lost anything to Bray Wyatt at this point, I would be like, how did that happen? Right. Matt Hardy, I want to put you in my house of horrors, man. <laughs> You're not going to believe it. We have a... The things I will project upon you. <laughs> I got a glowing skeletal mask, Matt Hardy. <laughs> you won't know where it's hanging, man. I bought everything from Party City. <laughs> <laughs> got a bunch of gummy skeletons hanging on the wall. Spider rings, Matt Hardy. All right, let's run down a few other things we saw this week, including this fantastic promo from the Usos. In 12 days, hell, you can tan each other's backs. In 12 days, days. shave each other's backs. 12 days. Wax each other's backs. 12 days. Rub each other's backs. 12 days. Kiss each other's back. 12 days. Lick each other's back. 12 days. Paint 
each other's backs. 12 days! In 12 days, you better have your mind right, Breeze Dango. Hey, they can't, Ooze, because in 12 days, they about to feel these little hairs standing behind their neck, and they gonna feel these goosebumps running through their body, and their head is on a swivel, because they feel like somebody creeping behind you. No! Great pause. It's not paranoia! It's a Ooze! I swear it's like somebody split the rock in half and made him <laughs> twins. <laughs> They're so fucking good. They're yeah. so good. Heal Usos, man. I, I never want to see them face again. Never, ever, ever. And let and let them go out there and fucking stumble through them promos. Yeah, too, man. Let them find it. I think that's yep. so great that they're not producing and scripting them to death. They're letting them go out and yes. find their heat. Uh, do you think Brizango should be completely rebanded as the fashion police after their amazing uh, segment, The Fashion Files, returned? Yeah, I don't know why they haven't done that. Yeah, yeah actually, I I, it's kind of, I in my head, they did. Yeah, they have the, yeah. the badges. Do we have a clip from the fashion? Well, it looks like the others are going to have to wait. The Ascension case just reopened. I'm getting too old for this shit. I'll grow into it. <laughs> darn darn oh that's so great it's so good well every week there's tons of wrestling to talk about so let's keep the conversation going connect with us at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights or hit us up at tights fights on twitter that's where we can be found when we come back it's time to give one superstar's obsession with motorhead our full attention i wonder who that is i don't know there's only one way we could find out and that's by staying tuned because it's coming up next on tights and fights I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. We're Lady to Lady. Do you want a sleepover in your ears? Is that a friend in your pocket or are you just podcast to see me? We're a portable hangout you can bring to the gym, on the subway, or on an oil rig. Seriously, we have listeners who do that. Show with us while we get high with Margaret Cho. Talk showgirls with Katya from Drag Race. And hear Broadway star Anthony Rapp sing Hamilton. I am not throwing away my shot. <laughs> I am not <laughs> throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. Shot. That's Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined in the booth by... Danielle Radford. And... Mike Eagle. And joining us just for this segment, special guest, comedian Hannibal Burris. Welcome. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Doing well. <laughs> yeah. We found him wandering around on the street. <laughs> just really relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to parts of the podcast. I was, I was sitting out there, listening, and then I'll get overwhelmed. <laughs> and then I'll stop I'll take the headphones off for a little bit <laughs> then I'll go back to listening again and I get overwhelmed I feel it. like that should be one of our iTunes ratings <laughs> yeah. there it is there it is five stars five stars I get overwhelmed sometimes five stars be like Hannibal who says <laughs> y'all are overwhelmed well you know it's not you all cause you sound like you know what you're talking about it's just I don't really know what's going on in wrestling and so when you get really specific it's like when i when i listen to political radio and sometimes they're speaking about politics in a way that i can't talk about it i could still kind of catch on but when it's wrestling and i'm not watching <laughs> wrestling i'm like Oof, they are getting deep <laughs> so i take the headphones off for a little bit and then i'm in my own thoughts and, then I, and I come back in so i learned a little bit and i missed some parts too that's right <laughs> Well, now we've trapped you in here with us. So yeah. There's nowhere to go. This booth, does the audience, do they have a visual of what this booth is? Oh, no. Because no. it's kind of like a, it seemed like we're about to fight each other. <laughs> That's like a, a Royal Rumble countdown clock. Yeah. Right We're all in four quarters right. in a swap. And every, every 30 seconds, somebody else from Maximum Fun comes, comes in to the door. We're and constantly looking at one another yeah. to see who's going to go, who's making the first move. Yeah. I don't want anybody to get hurt. Just waiting for someone to throw weapons in the middle. Let's agree not to fight just for this segment. Down. I wouldn't want to do that. Well, I, I, just, I don't agree, honestly. <laughs> I'm, 
Well, then we'll all team up on Mike. Okay, tight. Entrance music is often the first impression that a wrestler gets to make with a live crowd to get on board with their character. From the good to the bad, we're going to take a special look at entrance music. This is ringtones. I assume at some point we'll have a little theme. Crazy that this doesn't have its own music, but that's fine. Uh, this week, we're going to be focusing on none other than Hunter Hearst Helmsley, a.k.a. Triple H, a.k.a. the man of a thousand other names. Hannibal, are you? Have you been a wrestling fan at some point? At some yeah, point yeah. So, so you, I'm familiar with Triple H. Sure. What, yeah. what era of Triple H do you know best? Well, I know the super early rich guy, mm-hmm. the rich guy persona into DX, okay, into the out of DX, and now I'm sort of familiar with the the son-in-law of the owner. Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of familiar with that vibe, but I don't really know the the real dynamics of it. Great. Well, then uh, let, we'll, we'll take you through his career sort of in order. As he pointed out, he came in as the Blue Blood, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, in the hunting jacket and, mm-hmm. and pants. He did an elaborate bow. And this was his music. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, you don't you remember this. I yeah. do not remember this. Uh-huh. This shit sound like family ties. He had a robe man. that they would take off. He was, oh a very, he was a very fancy lad. Yeah. He was the fanciest lad. This, is, this hurts. Yeah, I was about to say, this is infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it at all. It mm. does sound like someone should be offering someone Grey Poupon. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a way too much harpsichord for any wrestler <laughs> or for a crowd to have to address. But that's the whole thing. It makes you, you hate him immediately because yeah. this music is playing. Right. Yeah. It makes you want to shit in your hand and throw it at you. Wow. It, really does. it does. It's like this stuff is too clean. This is too clean. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he did remember he feuded with the Godwins. Yeah, and they put him in a shit match. Yeah, they put him in a shit match. because of this music. It was because of this music. Wait, there was a shit match? Well, they had a pig pen match. Oh. Yeah. And basically, it looked like shit. I don't yeah. know them, but probably was some little, a little bit of real shit mixed in there. There's always a little bit That's of shit That's how they get you. Everything they do. A little bit of real shit. <laughs> a little bit of shit. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I love that, that like we're big fans of this thing where we know at a certain point somebody's going to get put in shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Once a year, they break out the shit tub. Yeah, Everybody sometimes it's Hunter Hearst Helmsley, sometimes it's his wife, but mm-hmm. someone's going somebody, in shit. Somebody. <laughs> One of those two is going in the shit every <laughs> single year. It's a family tradition, like Thanksgiving. Uh, so he moved on from that, of course, to DX with Shawn Michaels, and then this was his theme. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. My body's ready. Your body ready? <laughs> body ready. <laughs> Do you guys uh, remember, I think it was WrestleMania f- uh, 14, when they had the live band playing a bunch of different themes, including this one? Was and it, it just sounded terrible? <laughs> yes. This is very much not meant to be played by a live anything. Yeah. This is, this is not good live, especially over a PA system. But yeah. still, like, a good piece of music. Yeah. I love the angst in this. Like, it's very yeah. much like, yay, I'm not going to clean my room. Yeah. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my bare ass on screen, <laughs> chop my crotch. A bunch of a chop my crotch a lot. We're going to put on masks in front of Sergeant Slaughter because he spits when he talks. <laughs> Wait. Little windshield wipers on him. They, because as, as DX developed, when they would have the the package, uh, the video package of them doing just mischievous stuff to the music. <laughs> yeah. But what did they do when it first started? I you, think it... Did I, they just, did they have... Oh, just regular clips of Shawn Michaels? It was no. their high school class pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember what they did for a while is that they would show just like random shit, like cars crashing or oh, something yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Explosions. And they would cut it in between them, footage of them actually walking to oh, the ring. Yeah. That's right. And there was yeah. the one of like the lady who would do like the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The lady yeah. shaking her head around. Yeah, the sexy shadow lady who doesn't sexy, have a name or sexy face. Sexy shadow lady. I used to love <laughs> yeah. the, the shot of the people that would just run up to a cage and grab it. Oh, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a chain link fence yeah. or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> something, something underground yeah. is happening. Yeah. 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 Filmed in the Thunder Dome. <laughs> they went there live and filmed that video. So I was imagine they were escaping a world in which they weren't allowed to watch wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were coming to their new life where wrestling was yeah. available. 
And do you remember uh, this? This is not a triple. We're going to move on to his next theme in a second. But do you remember the version of the DX theme that was done by Run DMC? Yes, yes, yeah. 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 The y'all. That's my hobby and job. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what uh, Reverend Run said. My hobby and job. My yeah. hobby and job. You know what? If your if your job is your hobby, you never work a day in your life. That's right. <laughs> that's what they say. Wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely feel like Run DMC just did this from home and sent these in. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, y'all already got the music, so we'll just... This happened from, like, 1.30 to, like, 2.15 on a Thursday, and they were like, here you go, we're done. <laughs> yeah, and it had to be that long because there were 900 members of DX, and they would come out single file. I was about to ask, did they start rapping at any point? Because that went on for like for like half a minute. No, they just they just have questions about the King of Rock. That's all. Yeah, this was a whole video too. Mm-hmm. It was like a single. Weren't they in front of like a barrel fire or something? Some shit. Like every open in a row was. It was base. It was basically that. Run DMC at the raw opening set. Yeah. Barrel fires and people Where fighting on top of cars. Where they finding all of these like empty parking lots to just light trash on fire? <laughs> Have you ever been to Stamford, Connecticut? <laughs> That's all it is. It's just a tetanus playground. No, Bridge, Bridgeport. Oh, more Bridgeport. Like, yeah, Bridgeport. Bridgeport. Yeah. Bridgeport's more like Yeah, that, Stamford really. is huge houses, and they're going to oh. write you about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely going to hear from your HO. Finally, <laughs> on the map. The Stanford, neighborhood council will not allow a trash fire <laughs> at all. Dear sir, I never write letters <laughs> like this, but I had to bring to your attention. The, the terrible rusty fires are in Bridgeport. <laughs> Uh, okay, so when when Triple H finally breaks off from Shawn Michaels, and he's on his own, he's gotten rid of China DX. Uh, they they introduced what has become sort of the bedrock of his, of every theme he's had since, and what I think is the best theme that he's ever had, and that is called My Time, and it sounds like this. Yeah, our time is tight. Is this on? I'm gonna sample that shit. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, please do. I like it. It reminds me of the movie Hackers. Right. <laughs> green, green lasers and shit everywhere. <laughs> Fucking great. And this is the start of his five-minute entrance. With the where, water. Yeah. Yep. yeah. He's got the water. He pours it on his head. The top of the ramp slowly comes down, makes his way to the apron, spits it in the air after looking around at everybody. Yeah. And it took... For a while at WrestleMania, I would time his entrance and the Undertaker's entrance. Mm. Yeah. And that was the only matchup I was interested in. It took longer. <laughs> Man in the mat. But this this also is like a meta song where he talks about the marks. Like yeah. Man, so it's. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It brings up the marks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking about the fans. And it's like a, it is an anthem for who is. It really accurately captures who his character was becoming at that time. And it was right before. It was like the summer uh, that he won the championship the mm. day after SummerSlam. All I can think about when I hear it is him at the top of the stage with China and he's got sledgehammer like yes. it's like just they were just dominant. Man. Yes. Ran rough shot all over the roster in that time, man. That was a great time. Conquering heroes yeah, for man. sure. Didn't she use I did she use this music for a while? Before she got her Probably Don't treat me like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm pretty sure she used except without the one, two. Is, is this, this one? one? <laughs> I, but I'm pretty sure that she used Hey, can you run that again? Can you run the beginning again? That shit is hilarious. <laughs> one two. Is this on? <laughs> Why did they keep that in there? Yeah. Oh my god. Is that god. the same guy who sings That's the, the same dude. Yeah, it's the same dude. <laughs> it's that same dude. He was really dude. feeling himself, dude. <laughs> It's like, no, keep that in. Keep that in. That was great. That was great. <laughs> Terry, the microphone is on. You, go. you can see the red light. I mean, it's not. Put some reverb on that. <laughs> Do you think he's got a whole album that's him going like, knock, knock? <laughs> I know that was your answer, machine message, but I think you're there. Answer. Wow, please. 
I'm so sorry that guy's passed away because I'm sure we could get him on here. Oh. oh, we for sure could get that guy on here. We could probably not. get somebody from the band. You know, somebody's still alive, probably. <laughs> One of the dancers. Yeah, sure. The lady. The, we can the, get that shadow lady. What's shadow she doing? <laughs> it's been 20 years. She's just like at home in Omaha with her four kids. <laughs> Waiting by the phone. <laughs> Wait, but it's an older guy that wrote the music, right? Yes, uh, yeah. Jim Johnston. Jim Johnston. Yeah. Well, I don't know wrote, if Jim Johnston wrote all of those songs, though. I think he did. I think did he wrote he? DX. I remember going back to revisit some walk-ups, some, some entrances, mm-hmm. and then I was like, and then in, in the suggested videos, you could get you could find out who wrote it, huh. and they were like behind the song. And like, yeah, I was trying to create this vibe of just rebelliousness and... <laughs> Yeah, y'all should get him. Oh, you you know what? Because yeah. the uh, the thing was too. I remember in that era, like he was making themes for people that were like kind of too boisterous. And mm-hmm. Austin brought him uh, a Rage Against the Machine song and told him oh, to make his theme God. off of that. So I think that's when he just started yep. doing guitar riffs. Uh, oh yeah. my God, that one too makes so much more sense because that is something that like a forty five, fifty year old man thinks is rebellious. <laughs> I'm just going to count in like a rebellious way. That leave, makes so much more sense now. Leave the counting in there. <laughs> kids the kids love are it. doing these yeah, things. They love it. They're always counting things everywhere they go. Hannibal, what is your favorite entrance music of all time? Doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be Triple H. Uh, I mean, Voodoo Child. That's okay. fucking great. Yeah, Voodoo Child, Hulk Hogan. Because I didn't. I didn't even. I, that's actually how I found out about Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> like one hundred percent. I was like, this this shit is great. <laughs> my but and then my my buddy. Uh, I was. I think this is my, my sophomore year or something in high school. And I'm like, who was that? He's like, that's Jimi Hendrix. I'm like, this dude. Gotta see him live sometime. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) But yeah, like the just image of Hulk Hogan like walking using the belt as a guitar. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. This was in WCW. Yeah, WCW. And that's why I bought I think I bought like uh Whatever, like a Jimi Hendrix greatest hits album mm-hmm. because of that song. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, Razor Ramon. Oh, the 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 yeah with the car crash. I think that's from. Um, uh, I forget. I think that's from a band. No, I can't think of the band, but I remember looking it up. But uh, yeah, Razor Ramones. The. Uh, the NWO, the, 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 the original NWO music. The Wolfpack music wasn't bad either. I hated that shit. You hated the Wolfpack? <laughs> that's a that's a rap beat that you could tell Jimmy Hart made. You could tell, <laughs> could tell some old white man from Nashville <laughs> thought yeah. that was rap music. <laughs> Especially because they try to rhyme uh, destruction and wrestling. Remember? Oh, yeah. what? Yes. Right. Wolfpack is back, causing mass destruction. Guess who's here? The bad boys of wrestling. Oh, man. Huh? That sounds like, sound like Wyclef rap, man. <laughs> yeah. It's not even trying. Uh, well, let, let's get back to Hunter Herselvsley, who was, I guess, a lifelong Motorhead fan. And as he developed as the game, his dreams became a reality as they composed a new theme song for him. And it is three hours long and sounds like this. (laughs) (laughs) Time to play the game. There's a nine-year-old Julian who's getting very hyped right now. That shit hard. But this is, <laughs> yeah. but this is directly off the... You don't get this without the other song. Right, this is basically the same riff, yep. yeah. yeah. I, but with more laughter. Triple H's, Triple H's love of Motorhead is like my favorite thing about him. Because this was back in the, you know, before now when everyone's got like Instagram and Twitter and even though we don't know them, we get more of an idea of their personality. This was like the first time and his kind of like love of Motorhead where it was like, oh, this is like a thing that this dude actually likes. He's a huge metal nerd. Um, and I just, I don't know, I find the idea of metal nerd Triple H super charming. 
<laughs> I just like it. Yeah, it's true. It does also carry the theme of describing who he is. Yes, as a character, which not many people's songs do or have. Done. What are they saying on this? To describe uh, oh they they're like um they go like <laughs> which in English <laughs> no there's a lot of like I am the game you don't want to play me I'm I am yeah be. I'm in control yeah that was his, yeah his whole stuff. thing at the time he was the game and you know, he's the smartest guy like you mind know mind games cerebral assassin yeah. all yeah. that type of shit. Even though the, you can't hear, it does sound like a dog with a cold. It's like, I'm the game. I'm going to marry the owner's wife, or the, owner, the, the owner's daughter, in real life. You have up to a year to give me a gift. That's polite. Yes. I'm gonna, I am going to climb socially. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized, like every, like a lot of these people who wrote, who were like performed in Triple H's songs, are dead. Oh yeah, Lemmy just died. Oh, Lemmy's dead. Conspiracy theory. Follow the money, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trail of dead bodies. Where's my royalties? Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of them, Dad. <laughs> that money's coming back to the family. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from there, he's stuck with Motorhead. Motor, Motorhead is so he's he's been the game, and now he's the king of kings. That's his thing now, and so uh, it, with with the last energy left in his body, oh, Lemmy performed this song, "The King of Kings." No, this is another great song that that denotes where he is now because he is now. Taking his place as the boss's uh, son-in-law, as the king of the company and chief operating officer, which I think he might be. He's a, I think he's like an executive vice president in reality, but yeah, he's yeah. VP of talent. Yep. Yeah, he's way up there in the company, and this song reflects that. Behold the king, the king of kings. On your knees, dog. Oh. I know, right? Yeah. On your knees, dog. I thought it said on your knees, punk, for a while, and I was like, I'm talking about. Yeah. And then I said, was wrong. I thought it said on your knees, duck. Ducks don't have knees. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was very confused. <laughs> it's actually like tells a story, too, if you listen to it. About, yeah. Like this conquering king who like, killed all of his enemies or something like that. His name and his face. It's like the Ballad of Beowulf, but if if Beowulf married the boss's daughter, I guess. And then Beowulf got married, became a manager. Yeah, yeah it sounds like a freestyle. <laughs> and then Shawn Michaels went away. And, yeah. I thought it was to cut the ponytail. <laughs> Oh. And NXT is pretty cool. <laughs> they weren't taking me seriously at the board meeting. And, you know, I laid off the steroids. <laughs> I'm looking at different minivans for my family. <laughs> I've got girls. <laughs> my favorite thing about this theme is that he would only use it when he was, like, coming out to the ring to talk. Right. Oh, like, it wasn't for wrestling? It wasn't for fighting. It was when you heard this It was one. him as a businessman. Yeah, get scared because he's about to come give oh, you a talking right. to. Oh, he yeah. goes back to the game. The yep. game is who you wrestle. Right. The King of Kings is who he's become. He really does, like, I mean. He really is uh, a cerebral he's, assassin. He's kind of a malign dude because yeah. of the, all the reasons we're talking about. But yeah. He's been through a lot in oh, his career. I do like No that. Chance in Hell, too. No Chance is kind of funny. Oh, that's yeah. a fan. That's, no that's chance one of the greatest theme songs of all time. Let's get a little Vince McMahon in there. I mean, it is family now. Because it, it was used uh, initially for, what was the purpose it was for? Was it was I it? I thought it was always his music. Was it used No, it was else? like, I think it came when he started using that persona. I think somebody 
were trying to, I don't know if somebody was trying to get a match like or a something was happening. Yeah, and it was like, no chance. You got no chance. But then he just kept it. Uh, it was probably it was Austin. Like, it was like right after Vince or Brett got fired, you know, at the Montreal Screwdrop and all that. Right. He started leaning into the Mr. McMahon thing. And, oh, and yeah. it was that same band, I think, too. Yep, it was that same band. No chance, because that's what you got. <laughs> Three, four, is this still on? <laughs> Kicking his legs out, that walk with you oh, shit his walk, pants. Yeah. That Hannibal, you've seen the clip. Have you ever seen the clip of, of Vince McMahon coming down to the ring at the Royal Rumble and he tears his quad? <laughs> he gets into the ring to real start life. a match. Real life, and he he tears his quad, so he gets in and he's sitting there with his straight legs out, he directing and yelling yep. at people that he injured himself again getting out. Mm-hmm. I think he hurt himself once getting in and what he wound up tearing both of his quads. Oh. He's just sitting there like it was the weirdest it's looking so thing. It's so bizarre. And he just yeah. did it walking. He was doing a strut. I yeah. think it was when he tried to get into the ring. He like, because you know, a lot oh, of those dudes, right. he didn't use the steps. He tried to do that thing, which he was too old for, I guess. To slide in. To slide, slide in. Slide, yeah. And that's when he like. Oh, man. He like shredded on like the ring apron, I think. Ugh. Bad news. Bad news bears. You gotta, they got stairs, guys. You make them. You bought them. Like it's on. <laughs> You put them on the corporate credit card. You know they're there. You can just use them. Now you got to buy new legs. <laughs> company, the, the, those company legs. Those company legs. Any closing thoughts about Triple H or his music before, before we close the chapter on this edition of Ringtones? Any thoughts? Um, just that, like, I kind of... You know how there's that thing now when, like, the next generation comes, like, the kid or the cousin or whoever, and they, like, remix the theme to make it, like, darker? I really hope one of his girls starts wrestling and, like, mm. finds it and they becomes, like, the queen of queens or something. That'd be tight. That'd be pretty yeah, dope. that'd be pretty great. I would like that. Um, my main thought is that I think when he got one of those songs at first and he was really into it, he, he probably fucked to it a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only way to test it out, right? You gotta, you gotta test the see stroke. If, see if it changes the mood, yeah. you know? I bet you it was tough with that first song. Will you play it again, Julian? <laughs> first song, you can't. <laughs> you, gotta, you can't even jerk gotta, off to that music. You gotta fuck a horse to that. That's the only thing you can do is fuck a horse. Look, it's horse fucking music. All right, Buttercup. Get ready. I'm gonna climb up this step stool. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> See? See yep. up? You know the most obnoxious uh, thing I've done after hooking up? I've, I've uh, on a handful of occasions, I've played. Uh, I just had sex by the Lonely Island. <laughs> oh, my oh my god! <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. A true heel. It's a, <laughs> a true heel. A true. A real life heel. My yeah. goodness. <laughs> Hannibal, thank you for telling us about your post-fuck music. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Sir, and for, for joining us. That was a problem. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Anything you want to promote, the, the floor is yours. Oh, thanks. I got my own podcast, The Handsome Rambler. We're 20-something episodes in, so uh, check that out. Now, um, check out my tour dates, HannibalBarris.com. Yeah. There you go. Uh, let us know if you think of any Triple H music through the years at facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights or hit us up at tights fights on Twitter. When we come back, it's time for another three things from the world of wrestling that you should love. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Tights and Fights. Hey, Max Fun fans, it's MaximumFun.org founder Jesse Thorne. I just wanted to take a minute to congratulate our colleague Ben Partridge. 
He's the host and creator of the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, and they just won the Gold Award for Best Comedy Podcast in the British Podcast Awards. It's a truly remarkable honor. If you haven't checked out Beef and Dairy Network, you are in for a very, very, very special treat. It's a really remarkable and hilarious show. I would say a perfect podcast. Uh, So congratulations, Ben Partridge, and congratulations to everyone who's contributed to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. We're proud of you. say something before I welcome us back to the segment. Chris Warren is the guy who's responsible for all of those songs. He passed away a year ago, just about a year ago. Mm. He had a union job as a as a steam pipe fitter. Oh shit. And music was his was his passion and few people get to do what he did with his career as a passion. So I want to take a serious moment. I know we've been making a lot of jokes some of us in this room Make a lot of jokes about who, the departed. Who, 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 who. But I want to sincerely remember Chris Warren, whose voice is an indelible part of wrestling history. Hell yeah, can't take that away, man. Cannot take that away he from is the, him. He is the voice of the Attitude Era. Yes. As much as JR is the voice of the Attitude Era, so is Chris Warren. Yes, so remember the name Chris Warren. That is the person who's responsible for singing and rapping all of those songs that you enjoy. And... We'll, t- we'll let you know right now, Chris, up in Wrestling Heaven. Yes, this is on. <laughs> Welcome back oh to Tights and Fights. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm Al Loveland. Oh, you ain't shit. <laughs> I'm joined today by Danielle Radford. Hi. Oh, sorry. That's okay. No, it's fun. And Mike Eagle. Hi, also. Hi. <laughs> I'm all so thrown off. It's like his ghost is like <laughs> possessing me now. His ghost like, just keeps you, asshole. From now on, every time you're about to go to bed, you just hear one, two. I meant it sincerely. Whoa, you whoa, thought whoa, I was pulling whoa, the rug whoa. out from under, but I'm not. I'm just, just trying to think of it. Oh, good. just like the saddest little. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, 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 yeah. Whoa, whoa. Every time you try to go to sleep from now on. Oh, you know what? You can come. You can come hang out with me anytime, Chris, because I I love you. Every week, we like to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. One, two. Is this The Three Count? (laughs) Oh, God. Danielle. Jesus Christ. You're up number one, two. (laughs) God damn it. What do you want to put over? So Katie Weaver, who has been one of my favorite writers, she did this amazing, super funny, very hilarious piece on The Rock in GQ. I know like GQ doesn't need my help or anything, but this is just like it's it's. Print is dead. No, they do need your help. (laughs) But like this is one of my favorite things. Um, So she did this profile on The Rock and it is the best. So I'm going to read a highlight. It's not necessarily like the best part of it, but it's just a highlight and like a funny passage. And then you guys will go read the rest. So at this point, the rock has driven her to his private gym and they're working out. And she is not a person who works out a whole bunch. Um, And so there we go. So very quickly, the warm-up exercises get the best of me and I want to leave, except that my best friend has trapped me in an industrial park with nowhere to go. You says Johnson gravely needs some water. We've been exercising for about three minutes. That's a vote of no confidence, I tell him. I just want to make sure you're hydrated, he said, picking up a cool, clear cylinder of Voss. He twists open the seal, fast and hard, like he's wringing the neck of a punk who disrespected the troops. He loves the troops. We love the troops. Proud to be an American. Troops, troops, troops. And hands me the bottle. I imagine that everyone in charge of The Rock, everyone that is part of the business of selling The Rock was like, we couldn't have paid for a better article. Yeah, He comes off as such a good dude. So, you know, I know he's like not super involved in wrestling or anything anymore, but it's just, I just want to enjoy for like a second a fucking someone involved in wrestling that is a huge celebrity being a good dude. Mm. So I'm going to take it. Yeah. How about that? I'm taking it. It's a great I didn't I wasn't even aware it existed until you emailed and said you were putting it over and then I read it and it's fantastic. The photos are great. Yes. And the cool thing about the photos, they were all taken in my neighborhood. Oh, that's cool. You know who else lives in my neighborhood? Hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Never saw him. I've I've not seen him around, but I know he lives in he lives in Marina Del Rey. On I live in Marina Del Rey. 
Yeah, I live on 317 Gimmick Street. <laughs> I live right across the street from the guy. I never even see him coming out to get his paper, but it was really cool. I was I got real excited that he was in my neighborhood, The Rock was in my neighborhood, and then I got real sad I wasn't there when they took the pictures because oh. I I would have been I would have been shaking. I wonder I if he hung so out excited. and had a beer afterwards. Could have. There are, there are a lot of great places to hang uh, out there. I wonder if him and Stone Cold like went and hung out and were like buddies. Why he could have gone on the Stone Cold podcast. Yeah. I thought if I if I had gotten near him, I would have asked him to come on. Tights and fights? Yeah. He might have. But it, I think he would have if we were all there, including Julian, and we just happened to have podcast taping equipment yeah, with us. Right. He'd be like, yeah, I'll do 10 minutes on your podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like scheduling, I think, would be a problem. But if yes. we just showed up with a booth, <laughs> like a portable booth, he would have done it. <laughs> That's a great article. Check it out. Uh, Mike, what do you want to put over? Um, as you guys know, I never listen to wrestling podcasts ever. It just never <laughs> happens. No. I never have. No. I don't even know what we're doing in here. I don't know, I know what this is. He thinks we're just hanging out. He doesn't know why he has to wear headphones to mm-hmm. hang out with his two best friends, yeah. but that's yeah. just what we make him do. But I'm glad you guys do. And and by two best friends, I mean him and Ju- me and Julian. Yep, I know. <laughs> <laughs> See myself the fuck out. <laughs> One, two, am I gone? <laughs> <laughs> Raven has a podcast, and he does. He's been doing a podcast for a few months now on, on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast network. It's been entertaining, but this episode was the first one where he actually devoted the whole episode to talking about wrestling. He had previously not wanted to talk about wrestling at all. Well, then why? Okay. Yeah. Well, and and, I'm, and, and he's sort of, sorry. He's I'm sort sure of, he has a great recipe for whatever. He sort think. of addresses that question at the top of the episode, uh, and you can tell like Chris Jericho's on. I'm like, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> you need to. You got to get these numbers up, homie. Um, and so he talks about wrestling, and in this episode, he actually goes into the beginning of his own career and how he got started um, in Memphis. Like in Memphis, only have having had like three or four matches. How he got sent down there and started, and was. Uh, it's a really cool journey, and he's just a kind of interesting guy to hear talking. Here's a little clip from it. So for nine months, I sent out a a tape, a VCR tape, every three weeks to every territory. So there was still a a number of territories, which meant sending a number of VCR tapes. (laughs) (laughs) And and as Don Owens kept saying, hey, the mills are shutting down. Don't waste your time. But but I wasted my time. Yeah, what was he doing before? Uh, he just had different buddies on. Uh, some, Some of the buddies were wrestlers. So they would go into, like, telling stories sometimes as they came up so it wasn't like he just would not talk about wrestling oh, okay at all. okay he just didn't want to talk about wrestling so he never had wrestling as an official topic right he just kind of was shooting the shit with his buddies and had different people on he was interviewing so the way you make a chicken piccata is you want to <laughs> with tomato sauce on it like what do you and in those days they only had two places to make tomato sauce <laughs> so you could go to calgary they had it there uh, in a panhandle <laughs> they had it in kansas city well, this has been the last episode of Raven's <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you in Philadelphia, where I'm from. Pick up that accent. You want a subtle Philly accent? There it is. Raven, Scott Levy. Just another good Jewish boy from Philadelphia. Make good. I'm going to put over Talking Smack because it was either going to be me or Mike that was going to do it yeah. this week. And they had a different format because they were in London, I guess, and everybody had left. To go back to the states, except for Renee and JBL, I'm guessing. I, hadn't, so they, I haven't seen this one yet. It was a lot of pre-tape, like remote interviews uh, in the backstage area. One of which was with Dolph Ziggler talking about Shinsuke, and I, Dolph's heel turn has been lukewarm at best so far. And he cut a promo in this interview that I thought was really interesting, especially towards the end, where you know his job as the heel. Facing Shinsuke is to make you think that he could beat him. Nakamura has never had one match on SmackDown Live. Never had one match that I've ever seen. If anyone can figure him out, it's me. I spent eight years, it sure as hell seems like 12, picking apart every opponent I've ever had because I can do that. I also have a pretty sweet background as a collegiate wrestler who broke records because he was so good. Mm-hmm. So just in case everyone forgets how good I am, at Backlash, when I figure out Nakamura and introduce him to the WWE Universe, 
and my foot, <laughs> I'll show him and the world what I've always known, just how damn good I am. It's too bad, Nakamura. It's too bad. Yeah. That's going to be, look, nobody will remember this when he's looking at the lights, <laughs> having lost his three millionth consecutive match, but still enjoyed the interview. And Dolph Ziggler still hell of a hand on the mic and in the ring. Mm-hmm. So there you go. He's very quiet and subdued. <laughs> he's almost ASMR levels of quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Beat you with a super kick. Anyway, that does it for this week on Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Sleepy time, Mike. Go sleepy time. Our hosts are Danielle Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Loveland. Our producer is the millennial, Julian Burrell. That is a millennial wow. thing to write. Unbelievable. <laughs> Probably typed on a phone. Senior producer of Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. And if you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on iTunes and share us with all your friends. Help the nation grow. Thank you so much to all of the Maximum Fun members who back our show and make it possible. And we'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.